Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us and do not subject us to the final test. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, friend, Lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish? Or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg. If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. My family and I like to visit national parks. And one of the more famous ones we visited is the Grand Canyon. Now, as we drove up to the park for the first time, I was very excited. We walked out of the car and down the path, and there we were, standing and looking into the Grand Canyon. I stared at it for a little while, and then I had this thought. What's so great about this? It's just an ordinary hole in the ground with some bushes at the bottom. Now, for a few more minutes, I looked down into the canyon, wondering what the big deal was. As I looked at those shrubs at the bottom, I slowly came to realize, those are not little shrubs. Those are giant trees. When I finally knew that the bushes were actually huge trees, I also had to conclude that this canyon was absolutely enormous. This was no ordinary hole in the ground, and I finally understood why it's called the Grand Canyon. Today we celebrate, like we mentioned, the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time. So this time of year is not Easter, it's not Lent, it's not Christmas, it's Ordinary Time. Now the title Ordinary actually comes from the word ordinal, and that means counted. So like when we sort things out with labels like first and second and third. Now even though the title ordinary has another meaning, I think we can get into the middle of the summer and think of these Sunday masses as just something ordinary. They feel like another ho-hum visit to church. 
And we might feel the same way about our prayers. Have you ever thought to yourself, my prayer feels ordinary. It doesn't do anything. Now today's readings challenge us to realize that prayer is not ordinary. In fact, I'd like to reflect on three actions in today's readings that we can imitate in prayer. The first is daring. The second is persisting. And the third is obliterating. So first, we see daring in the readings today. We hear that Abraham dared to speak to his Lord. Now, after we hear the story of Abraham conversing with God, we have got to show some respect for the courage of Abraham. He understands from God that he's about to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. So think about this. If your boss was angry and saying, I'm going to fire some people, how would you respond to that? I think most people would do one of two things. They would either start telling their boss about their own wonderful personal achievements, or they'd get out of the way and hide. What did Abraham do? The words of, the words of Scripture tell us Abraham drew nearer to the Lord. In the face of a God who's angered by sin, he dares to draw closer to him and speaks to God. And since prayer is simply speaking to God, we can say that Abraham is praying. And what does he pray for? Does he pray for himself? Does he say, Lord, wipe out those people, but save me. I'm good. That's not at all what he does. He begs mercy on the cities. He reminds God of the good of other people. Maybe we can imagine a scene like this where this timid man walks up to God asking a quick question for those people, but Abraham dared more than that. He asked for mercy six times. Abraham had guts. Do we pr pray courageously like that? I would say there is definitely one place we pray courageously. In a few minutes, Father Jesse is going to say these words. At the Savior's command, informed by, by divine teaching, we dare to say. And what do we pray next? The same prayer that Jesus taught his disciples in today's gospel. And it begins with our two-word address to God, our Father. Think about that for a minute. We speak to the creator of the universe, the judge of every human being, the all-powerful ruler of everything that exists, and we start by calling him Father. That's bold. Just like Mass is not ordinary, let's realize that calling God Father is not ordinary either. So second, in addition to daring, the readings today also had examples of persisting. We already mentioned the example of Abraham, but it's, it's an important example that's worth repeating. He wasn't content to get an answer from God to save 50 people. He continued to persevere. God, what if there are 45 innocent people? What if there are 40, 30, maybe 20? What if there were just 10 innocent people? But notice that his persistence is never proud and it's never annoying. His prayer continues to be humble and respectful toward God. He recognizes the justice of God. He calls himself dust and ashes. He asks God for patience with him. He requests simply for God to listen to his prayer. Of course, Jesus tells us the story of the persistent neighbor as well. He tells us to knock 
and ask. Now, when you think about those actions, knocking and asking, they're very ordinary actions. What good are they? Well, knocking and asking are as good as the person on the receiving end. In this case, who's on the other side? For us, it's God, our all-powerful Heavenly Father. Jesus promises that he's going to respond to our persistent knocking and asking. And to share some good news, you're already doing that. In a very ordinary way, you woke up this morning, got into your church clothes, and drove here to the church. You're sitting here and praying. I hope you're doing so persistently, coming to Mass every Sunday, or maybe even more often. And as you do, do you realize the power of your persistence? Your prayers here at Mass are knocking on the door of God, and God will answer those powerfully. So third, today's readings had examples of daring and persisting. Now we look at the word St. Paul used, obliterating. The second reading was short, and so it's easy to overlook its significance. It started by saying to us, you were buried with him. And later he said, you were dead. Those are cheery thoughts for a Sunday morning. Is anyone here looking forward to being dead and buried? Paul is telling us that that's exactly what we were. Because of the sin about Adam and Eve and because of all our own sins, we were imprisoned. We were sentenced to death. And that's the only fair and just way to treat our transgression against God. So how could we ever overcome that infinite debt to God? The fact is, we cannot do that on our own. However, Jesus, who's fully God and fully man, can pay the debt. He died to forgive our sins. St. John Chrysostom emphasizes that Jesus didn't just pay, off the, pay the debt of our sins by scratching through them like a pencil on paper. He obliterated our sins. And we can continue to invoke that same power of God. When we pray, thy kingdom come, we invite God's kingdom to be built inside of ourselves. And St. Pius X tells us that the kingdom of God inside us is God's gift of grace. Jesus told us at the end of the gospel that the Father will send the Holy Spirit to whoever asks for it. Our prayers then fill us with God's grace. They fill us with the Holy Spirit. And just like we read about Abraham and the persistent neighbor and Jesus, we become powerful intercessors for others. We assist in obliterating evil. So like I discovered, the Grand Canyon is much more than simply a hole in the ground. In the same way, our prayers are much more than powerless words, and we need to realize that. If someone asks you later today, hey, how was Mass? Was it just ordinary? I hope you would respond, no, not at all. I dared to call the CEO of the universe my dad. We persisted yet again to knock on the door of God. We basked in the remembrance that Jesus obliterated our sins. Today's Mass was life-changing. So I'll pose this challenge to you for the week. Pray the Our Father. Instead of praying it automatically and robotically, remember that you're daring to draw closer to interact with the God of the universe. Persist in that prayer knowing that God is answering. And be aware that your humble prayer is a tool 
in the obliteration of sin. St. Anthony of Padua.